Eat Media presents the Truth Seeker, Truth Speaker podcast, hosted by Bias Simbing. Yo, what's going on? Bias Simbing coming at you live and direct. First and foremost, I want to say that I am truly thankful. We are in the building this morning. How we feel? Ladies and gentlemen, I really, truly want to know how do we feel. Ain't it a blessing, right? Ain't it a blessing to see another Monday? I know it is on this side. My week was beautiful. I hope you guys had um, a beautiful week as well, right? Always got to remind ourselves. Always have to remind ourselves. Even if we go through or when we go through difficulty. That. There's still light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to be um, aware of it, though, right? Like, you have to make sure that whatever it is that we're dealing with at the moment doesn't consume us, consume us in thought to where it takes so much uh, mental capacity that we aren't able to see it through. We aren't able to find solutions, find ways to get by, to uh, climb up the ranks and be able to move forward. Because that's what this whole thing is about. This whole thing is about continuously moving forward in any way, in any form, however that may look like. But I personally, right? I personally feel like this life is about moving forward progressively. And so any situation that we find ourselves in, I look at it as a test. So I begin to ask myself, right? Can I pass this test? Mentally, I'm asking myself this. Now I'm finding ways on how can I put a few things together to pass this test gracefully and what is it that i can learn from this situation right here so i wanted to give you that message really quick right uh before we dive into i got a i got a good one man uh such a heartfelt story uh that i'll be talking about but before i go before i get there i want to talk about uh some news that took place last week that uh had my attention right had my attention and um, you know me, I like to uh, raise awareness on certain topics that um, certain topics that touch my heart, right? Certain topics that I personally feel like I need to uh, bring to the forefront. So as I begin, I want to get to uh, my notes. Give me a second. Okay. Okay, so last week, right? Last week, Wednesday, a contract baggage handler unloading a Frontier flight by the name of Germani Thompson, who was 26, has died after her hair became stuck in the belt loader. The incident occurred at Louis Armstrong International Airport in New Orleans. Before we continue, let's give a moment of silence. 
for this young lady by the name of Germani Thompson. May her soul rest in peace. Such a tragic event, right? To have your hair stuck in a belt loader, right? Ultimately, ultimately leaving her fatal to being stuck in that belt loader. I could just imagine, right? The final thoughts. I could just imagine the chaos that was surrounding her. Mind you, this took place in an airport. Airports usually are busy, right? And so I was looking into it a little bit more and I was just like, wow, where was the help? You know, was, was, was she not near anybody? How could this have happened, right? Um, so I wanted to bring that up. That, that, that definitely surprised me. Um, and uh, now she, her memories, now, now uh, her relatives, her, her close friends, her memories lives through them. So uh, sending my condolences, right? Sending uh, love um, and sending a good positive um, energy to all of the family and friends, right? Germani Thompson, may she rest in peace. And so usually I talk about just one story, but there was another story, right? Uh, that took place the day after that. Um, and this is worldwide here. So Argentine vice president survives assassination attempt when gun jams. Get this. Argentina's vice president survived an assassination attempt late Thursday after a gunman's weapon jammed as he tried to shoot her at close range outside her home. The country's leader said vice president Cristina Fernandez was unharmed in the incident which has rocked the South American nation already wrapped by turmoil due to spiraling inflation and her trial on corruption charges, she denied. The man attempted to kill the vice president as she was surrounded by large crowds of supporters outside her Buenos Aires residence around 9 p.m. Local time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Thursday, according to a statement by President Alberto Fernandez. Video footage of the incident verified by NBC News shows the vice president greeting boisterous supporters near a white vehicle when a hand appears from the crowd holding a black pistol. The hand appears to pull the trigger inches from her face and a click is heard, but no shots ring out. Members of the crowd then appear to turn and overpower the gunman. The gun was loaded with five bullets. According to the president, a man pointed a firearm at her head and pulled the trigger. He said in a national broadcast following the incident. The alleged assailant, whom authorities identified as Brazilian national Fernando Sabag Montiel, was quickly arrested by police and the weapon was seized. It was not immediately clear why, uh, no, it was not immediately clear what his motive might have been. NBC News has reached out to Argentinian police and the Ministry of Security for further details. So, I actually saw this video on my uh, social media. 
And I had a few different thoughts, right, in which I'll share. So one of my first thoughts was, wow, had he, had, had he gone through with this, this would have been the first, this would have been the first active uh, vice president who we seen get shot on camera. In 2022, the video was so clear. And as I just spoke about how it was in a crowd of people, I stand corrected when I say this would have been the first uh, that we would have seen um, such a high-ranking uh, member in society, in the world, fall victim to gun violence fall victim to this gun violence in this social media age. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, and how brazen, right? How brazen this individual was to uh, make an attempt on this woman's life in such a large crowd, right? Cameras on and everything. So um, God was with her, right? Because the gun jammed. What are the chances? What are the chances of her life being saved, her life being spared by the gun jamming. I thought that was beautiful, though, because it, reaff it reassures us, right? It reassures us that there is a higher power, right? There is a source energy, right? So when we personally feel like we are protected, when we walk with God, we are protected. I don't know this woman's um, religious background. I don't know. Uh, if she believes in a higher power, I don't know if she walks with God or not, right? But something, somewhere protected that woman. And that protection wasn't a physical protection, right? So we also have to understand that we are protected because there's so much that goes on in this world, right? That's why when I get on, when I get on every episode, I say I am truly thankful because we have to remind ourselves there are people who didn't make it to Monday, right? But we aren't those people. We made it to Monday. Express gratitude for that. Express gratitude for the things you overlook, right? Sometimes we may look at something like this as a small thing. No, this is actually a huge thing. The gift of life. To go another day. The gift of life. Some people would call it uh, dramatic, like, oh, bias, why you got to be so dramatic about it? But no, I don't think it's dramatic. I don't think it's dramatic to live in a space of gratitude, right? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. We have to remind ourselves of the uh, many blessings that we uh, take for granted, the many blessings that we so often overlook. So definitely... Uh, Sending prayers still, right? I mean, this is the traumatic, the, the, the trauma that this woman had to endure, though, right? Like, it's a close call. She could have been gone. In seconds, she could have been gone. So I still want to send prayers to the vice president in Argentina, right? So I want to get into this episode. This episode right here, this is going to be my first time doing a story, right? Talking about a full story on my episode 
spent some time thinking about it. Uh, spent some time putting it together. And this this young lady who I'm getting ready to speak on, uh, such a tragedy took place on her life. You know, such a beautiful individual, beautiful soul. The whole world was in front of her. The whole world was her oyster. And she didn't get a chance to really live out her dreams, really live out her purpose, really make an impact on this world because of the selfishness of another. So this episode, right, is called Amina's Story. I'm going to tell you all a story about a young girl by the name of Amina. Amina grew up in Louisville, Texas with her mother, Patricia. Her father, Yasir, her brother, Islam, and her little sister, Sarah. Her father, Yasir, was Egyptian and her mother was a Texas-American woman and had Amina in the state of Texas. Family and close friends remember Amina as having a beautiful spirit. They remember her being such a social social butterfly, a pure joy to be around. And in the company of, all three of the children were very close to one another and had a loving bond amongst one another. At an earlier age, she went to her mother and told her that her father had touched her. But not only touched her, but also touched her sister. The mother, Patricia, immediately took them both to the hospital to get checked for any foul play. The kid came back inconclusive. Her mother also contacted CPS to file a report. CPS got in touch with Texas authorities to file a report, but not much investigation was done on their end. Yasir, the two little girls' father, knowing now that he is being accused of touching his daughters, grows furious and begins to send threats to Patricia's family for having getting involved the local authorities charged him with retaliation. Yasir was a repeat offender and had an extensive criminal record. They decided to drop the charges and let him go. I wish they would have kept those charges and didn't let him go. Time goes by. Amina and her little sister Sarah would tell others how strict their father was toward them. They would always comply to their father's wishes, not only because they feared him, but also because they loved him, right? Like this is their father. They love their father so much that, so much that's taking place already. These little girls are just little girls, but they love their father. Now, 
being in high school, she begins to become more social and interested in new activities. She decides to join the jujitsu class and begins training. She meets a young man by the name of Joseph who describes Amina as being the most beautiful girl he's laid eyes on. And immediately, right, immediately was attracted to her the first day she walked through the door. Now, see, Joseph was a, a, a shy um, individual who grew up in a two-parent household, right, loving parents. And he was an interesting figure. He was an interesting individual um, because he had a lot of love in his heart, right? But he had a lot of love for particular individuals, and Amina unlocked that love, right? Unlock that love in Joseph. Joseph doubted himself and figured a girl like that probably was off the market and in a full-blown relationship. So one day, they were talking and Joseph's phone accidentally dropped from his bag. Amina noticed and said, I didn't know you had a phone. Here, put my number in it. Joseph being shocked and caught off guard. But he proceeds to put her number in. He proceeds to put her number in his phone. And from there, they hit, off, they hit it off. They began talking to one another every chance they got. And Amina even getting closer to Joseph's mother. Right? And Joseph's mother, she actually had a liking to Amina. She's seen a beautiful spirit in Amina. She's seen uh, a beautiful soul, this, this little girl who now is into my son's life, who essentially is now into my life. And so Joseph's mother um, took, her, took her as her own, right? Took her as her own and looked at her as the daughter she never had, right? By this time, Amina would go back and forth to Egypt with her father and talked about how she had no interest, right? This little girl, Amina, she didn't have any interest in going to Egypt. But I wondered why, but I listened. I kept listening to the documentary here. One of the reasons being that her father would discuss with older men their interest in marrying his daughter. These men were upwards to 40 and 50 years of age. That angered Amina just the thought of her being auctioned off like that didn't sit right with her back in the states Amina began working right she uh, got a local job at a grocery store and you know she was doing her thing she was an active individual right like she uh, was one who loved to be around so many people she was a social butterfly this is just it was a part of her personality. Her father, Yasir, would keep surveillance on her as he didn't like her socializing with, every, with everyone she came in contact with. So when he found out about Joseph, Amina's boyfriend at the time, even though Amina would tell him that he was just a friend, she pleads to her father like, yo, just He's just a friend. There's nothing more. There's nothing to it. 
But Yasir found a love letter because Amina and Joseph used to send each other love letters from like every chance they got, right? If they weren't on the phone, they would send each other love letters. And Yasir had intercepted one of the love letters that Joseph wrote to her. And so Yasir got furious and demanded his information and also made threats to her about killing Joseph. Joseph and his family, hearing this news from Amina, got worried for the safety of Joseph. Amina took it upon herself to break things off with Joseph. Now, when she broke things off, she was it, it was a lot on her. But that's the testament of how much love she had for Joseph. To want to make sure Joseph is protected. Joseph was heartbroken and tells us how Amina told him, I'd rather die before I let anything happen to you. So much love in Amina's heart. At such a young age. Amina loved Joseph with all of her heart. And just couldn't fathom the thought of anything happening to him by the hands of her father, Yasir. Tension in the house continued to grow. And got so intense that she decided to run away with her sister and a few friends to their auntie's house which was Patricia's sister who lived in Wichita, Kansas. Now, now Amina, she seeked refuge in her auntie's house, away from Louisville, Texas, right? Because that's where she grew up, in Louisville, Texas. And she wanted to go away. She needed to get away. And her auntie, she loved Amina. And so she took her and her friends in. Amina's mother, Patricia, grew worried and made contact with the girls and took off with them. As she also experienced abuse by the hands of her husband, Yasir. Yasir was furious and demanded the girls come back home. Meanwhile, Patricia decided after spending a couple weeks over at her sister's house, she decided that they needed more space. And so it was weird, right? As I was looking at the documentary, as it was all, as it was all unfolding. One night, while her sister Jill was preparing dinner, there was a certain item that she needed to complete the dinner. There was a local store. And so what one of the girls was just like, oh, I'll go run and go get it. But they all decided to run and go get it, leaving Jill, her sister, out to continue cooking. So the mother Patricia, Amina, her sister, and her friends who traveled with her on road decided to go to the local store. 
but they never came back. They never came back because Patricia had took them to a nearby hotel. Took them to a nearby hotel and got into an apartment the following day. And so Jill contacting her sister Patricia, where did you guys go? Are you guys okay? And one of them was concerned for their well-being, as she should. So much going on. She also knows about uh, how dangerous Yasir has been and how dangerous he is, right? So after Patricia, her sister, informed her of um, their whereabouts, Jill had got calm. And then also she spoke to Amina and Amina reaffirmed that uh, she was okay, everybody's doing fine, we're here in the hotel, we're here in the apartment now, we're fine. Everything's good so far, beautiful. A couple weeks go by, and Yasir finally convinces Patricia to come back home with the girls. So you have a, you have a woman who has been with a man who has abused her, but not just physically abused her, but mentally abused this woman, right? So much so that this man has such a stronghold, even though this man poses a threat on her daughters, poses a huge threat on her daughters. The mind control, the manipulation, the fear, it's so overwhelming that she begins to plead with her girls to come back home. And after going back and forth with their mother, they finally give in and decide to go back home to Texas with her, where Yasir and Islam, her brother, would be there waiting. But see, in addition to the convincing, the girls would also be on the phone with, with Islam, her, their brother. And Amina loved her brother. And Islam loved her sister, his sister, Amina. And he would uh, express how he is saddened. He loved his mother. Uh, folks that knew Islam would uh, describe Islam as being a mother's boy. And so he missed his mother and he missed his sisters and he wanted them to come back and he just didn't understand why they left. As if Islam wasn't aware of all of the events that took place, but Islam had a certain awkwardness about him uh, that I witnessed through film, that I witnessed through the documentary. It seemed like uh, Islam wasn't all the way there, right? Um, he was a spoiled individual, right? He was uh he got everything he wanted. He didn't have to worry about anything, right? And he didn't get the same treatment that Amina and Sarah got. And so he was confused on why they would run away, right? So he expressed that. And the love that Amina and the love that Sarah has for Islam, they decided, okay, I'll go because of you. 
So it wasn't more so the pleading of Patricia, their mother. It was more of, okay, my mother is pleading me here, but also the love I have for my brother, and it seems like he really misses us. So the girls decide to go back with their mother. When they arrive back to Texas, Amina still didn't want anything to do with her father, though. And went over to a family member's house. Patricia pled Amina to come home. And also said that her father wanted to take Amina and her sister out for dinner. To make things right. And figure out ways to get closer. As a family. <sighs> when they arrive back to Texas. When they arrive back to Texas, this is when things took a turn for the worse. On January 1st, 2008, Amina agrees to go with her father and sister, Sarah, as they were promised for a, to a dinner. So here, their father says, let me take you guys out to dinner. Let me make it right. I want to be a better father to you. He expresses how sorry he is. And how much he loves the girls. And how much he doesn't want to hurt the girls anymore. And even though Amina was still was still guarded, was still not completely convinced that this man who so happens to be her father has good intentions for her well-being. Amina being the young lady that she was, the amount of love, the amount of passion, the heart that she had, she gave her father another chance. <sighs> Approximately 10 to 15 minutes of driving, Yasir pulls over in his taxi cab and shoots Amina nine times and shoots Sarah three times. And proceeds to drive while they're dying in the back seat of the car. Sarah finds the strength to contact the police to let them know that her and her sister have just been shot by their father. Now, their little sister, Amina, she's dying in the seat. But her little sister finds the strength as she took three bullets by her father to contact local law enforcement. On the call, 911 call, I heard chilling. Now, I'm hearing chilling. I'm hearing chilling sounds of the girls moaning and screaming. And their voices getting weaker and weaker as the call continued. The operator made it even more difficult for, for them as, as, he, as he placed them on hold and accidentally hanging up on them. 
Sarah grew weaker as the minutes went by, but found more strength to give one last phone call to 911. Sarah spoke for a couple seconds. When they all got quiet, when they all got quiet over the phone, I knew that that very moment that it was all over these young girls. It was all over for these young girls. Couple days later, as they're continuously uh, trying to locate the little girls because their father Yasir had abandoned them and left them for dead inside his yellow taxi cab. So a couple days later, a hotel employee discovers a gruesome sight in the back of the hotel and immediately contacts the local authorities in which they arrived and discovered the dead bodies of Amina Saeed and her sister Sarah Saeed. Amina passes away at the age of 19. Moment of silence. Allegedly, it's been said that the reason her father executed her was because she became a disgrace to the family. And in order to bring the honor back into the family, he had to sacrifice her. In some cultures, they call this an honor killing. During the girl's funeral, the family on Yasir's side didn't share the same emotional grief as, well, the emotional grief and mourning that Patricia's family expressed due to how they feel that the girls deserved this punishment. Yasir's side of the family felt as though the girls deserved what they received by the hands of their father. Police actively looking for Yasir, but could not find him. And rumors went around that he fled back to Egypt through the support of his family. Not knowing that this whole time, he never left Texas. And so people who knew Yasir personally knew that he always loved the States. Although he loved his hometown in Egypt. He appreciated the States and didn't plan on leaving the States. But people didn't put that together. They just assumed that he just fled. They finally catch him in Texas in 2020. So he just had a trial that took place in May. He 
he was convicted of all charges. And he's doing a life term now. And that and that concludes Amina's story, right? But after doing my own research, I found out that this isn't Islamic, right? Because the predominant religious group in Egypt is Islam. And so I, it, it struck me. I needed to know more, right? I needed to know, was this a part of the religious beliefs. And so after doing my own research, I found out that this isn't Islamic culture. It's actually tribal culture that's been going on for decades. And in some parts of the world, they practice this behavior. Right? So... Things like this have been taking place in certain parts of the world where they frame it as or put it under the umbrella of tribal culture. Where majority of the citizens in certain areas, certain parts of the world share this same mindset that girls are supposed to behave a certain way. And if they don't behave a certain way, they will be killed in the protection of restoring that honor in the family, right? Because after doing further research, it's said that when girls don't behave a certain way in alignment to the family's beliefs, those girls bring disgrace to the family name. And that disgrace doesn't go unnoticed. And so people who know the family will begin to disrespect the family, will begin to isolate the family until they rectify that disgrace and bring that honor back into their name. And remember, the only way they bring that honor back into the name, into the family name, is to kill the girl or to kill the girls who have brought disgrace to the family name. Now, I shed a tear. I got emotional at the end of it. and Well, actually, I got emotional when I found out that her father had killed her in the yellow taxi cab. And 
I shed a tear, and immediately I knew to myself that I wanted to raise her up. I knew immediately that I wanted to uh, talk about her story because it had such an impact on me. I was caught off guard. I knew that something took place because of the title. I guess in a way I didn't want it to take place after getting a liking to this young, this young girl who I expressed and who family and friends had expressed how, uh, how beautiful in spirit she was. Beautiful, beautiful young lady. She had the whole world in front of her. Her life snatched away because of a tribal, cultural belief behind when you give disgrace to the family, you must pay with your life. That don't sit right with me. It's been said that the reason behind her bringing a disgrace to the name is because she didn't want to marry the, 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 the men that her father chose for her to marry. And also, she brought disgrace because at the time, she was dealing with Joseph. It don't sit right with me, though. It don't sit right with me because I know in my heart that's not what God intended. I know that in my heart God didn't intend for man or woman to be the judge and jury and the ultimate and, and the ultimate decider of whether or not you get to live or die. I know that to be a fact. God didn't intend that. The powers that be didn't intend that. He gave us life. The source energy gave us life. And so for another man, another woman to take your life? As if this was intended? As, as, as if this was God sent? I'm not having it. And so yeah, I got emotional. Yeah, I shed a tear. I shed a tear because it wasn't supposed to go down like that. I shed a tear because we lost a beautiful soul. I shed a tear because this happens far too often than we realize. I shed a tear because I care. And it was on my heart to bring light to this story. 
It was all my heart to tribute, a tribute, an episode directly, directly to Amina. Amina, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in spirit. I hope this episode served you some sense of respect as you as you were supposed to still be here. And so I find myself doing my part because I care. Some people would be like, oh, you ain't never met the girl. But I would ask them, do I have to meet an individual to care? Do I have to meet an individual to express appreciation? Do I have to meet an individual to be impacted by that individual? That's what I would ask back. And so, I hope that you felt this episode. I hope that you raised Amina up in this episode. I hope. That we could do a better job on appreciating what we got. It's a lot of people that wish they was in your position. And I don't want you to ever take that for granted. People coming and going and leaving this earth. On a day to day basis. This is just one. Of the millions and millions of stories. This is just one of all of the beautiful people who we've lost along the way. So let me continuously remind you to be thankful for life. Appreciate life. Enjoy life. Because yeah, we here today. But we don't know what it look like tomorrow. Because as you know, as I know, tomorrow isn't promised. That's why I encourage all of my listeners. That's why I encourage anybody that I bump into when I have dialogue with. To be thankful. To be grateful for what you got in the present. Forget living in the future. Forget living in the past. What's more important is living in the present. Because life in itself is a present.
And we should all be thankful for it. Truly thankful. So this was this was an episode that different from a lot of the episodes that I normally do. But I also encourage you guys, right? If it's on your heart, express it. Express that in which is on your heart. And I had to express this that was on my heart. Something just came over me and was just like, yo, you gotta, you gotta talk about this. You gotta bring her story to light. And so why not have a whole episode dedicated to Amina Saeed? And also rest in peace to her sister. Rest in peace to her sister, Sarah Saeed, as she also lost her life in the back of that taxi cab. So as I close off, as I close out this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I would encourage you to, after this episode, get a pen and paper, a pencil, whatever. Pull out your phone, go to your notes. Go to your computer, your laptop, right? And just write out, and just write down. Type out, right? A few things that you are thankful for for life. And put that somewhere in your home, in your car, somewhere that you would be able to see on a day-to-day basis. And let that be your reminder, right? Let that be your reminder to continue living in a space of gratitude. (sighs) Amina's story like we always do at this time peace to the people i'm gone